Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for December 7th, 2014. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, The Cry of Preparation. What is the glory of the Lord? And how will it be revealed? Before the two world wars of the last century destroyed our faith in the basic goodness of humanity, Christian preachers spoke less out of John Calvin's doctrine of sin and depravity and more out of human potential and optimism. The theology they preached was called post-millennialism. It teaches that Jesus is coming again to reign on earth for a thousand years before the final consummation of all things. But post-millennialism teaches that Jesus' second coming will not occur until we have made his prayer a reality. You and I have made his prayer reality. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven with our hands, in our own lives, with social structures we have made just. What a glorious belief. Between 1914 and 1945, however, at least 75 million people were killed in two world wars. In World War II, 3% of the entire population of the entire world perished. Millions more were wounded and were left forever scarred emotionally and spiritually. Now the brutal deaths of 75 million human beings in the span of three decades is enough to pretty much make anyone change their theology. And pretty much everyone did by about the middle of the last century. When confidence understandably wavered, post-millennialism gave way to pre-millennialism, a pessimistic or maybe just sadly realistic theology that still claimed Jesus was coming again, but because we had so clearly proven incapable of preparing His way. Pre-millennialism taught that Jesus would return with apocalyptic doom. The second coming would signal the end of the world as we know it and with all of those terrifying signs. His coming would inaugurate his millennial reign, not our preparation of his coming. His coming. And only by that foreboding act of God would God's kingdom come on earth. You understand the difference in post-millennialism and pre-millennialism? Are we building the kingdom of God which calls Jesus to come? Or is he going to have to come because it's so bad we can't get our act together? Which is it? Today's texts cry out to us about preparing for the coming of Christ. That's what Advent season is about. Advent means to come. Christ is coming again. 
Whether you anticipate that with apocalyptic screams or in the quiet whisper of lives boldly changed internally, Advent dares Christians to consider that we are living in an in-between time between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. It is the bold prayer of that beautiful Christmas carol, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us anew. Come again today. Well, I heard a preacher say last night that Advent is a time of waiting in the wilderness. Waiting for God to come. The second Sunday of Advent is the Sunday of peace. We need it. I do not know that I have ever felt more in a wilderness than I have for the last few weeks. Watching the news, seeing the many eruptions of frustration and pain and anger, evidence that our experiment in liberty and justice for all is not yet reality. The weeks of listening to this deafening babble of pundits, our nation is in wilderness. The question for us on this second Sunday of Advent is, how are we waiting? How are we preparing? Will you wait like the pre-millennialist scanning the skies, always anxiously wondering when he's coming and what it's going to be like, and maybe those left-behind books got it right after all? You know, is that how you're waiting? Will you wait like that, believing that only the only way we'll ever know the peace of God among us is to know it when the fires of the apocalypse cool? Or will you dare to return to a theology that affirms the goodness of God among us, even now, even now, in difficult times, and challenges us to live what we believe, to practice what we preach, to wait for God with aprons wrapped around our waist, not fear wrapped around our eyes. How will you wait? I know Advent is a time of being in the wilderness, but Israel did not spend 40 years in the wilderness just twiddling their thumbs. At least they were wandering, which means they were moving forward, always looking for God. Christians, it seems to me, have sentimentalized just about every part of our religion. Maybe this is because, as someone said, it's easier to worship Jesus than to serve him, to follow him, to do what he said. So Christmas becomes that heartwarming version of the precious baby cooing under the watchful care of a heavenly host of angels, in all that cuteness, it's easy to miss the subversive, countercultural truth of that radical message. Jesus, that cute little baby, is a Messiah who came as the poor, 
with the poor, for the poor and the outcast and the downtrodden. And this message echoed the topsy-turvy worldview which biblical truth has affirmed for thousands of years. The first are the last in the kingdom of God. The greatest are the least in the kingdom of God, which means the least are the greatest in the kingdom of God. The last are the first in the kingdom of God. Jesus' mother sang it after the angel announced her pregnancy. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. There is this reversal of things in the biblical story. It's troubling, especially for affluent white Americans. This reversal of things, it's true from start to finish if you read the Bible. God's kingdom does not look like our kingdom. We love the rich and the powerful and we build our systems to protect them, to protect us. God cares. God cares for the poor, the outcast, the immigrant, the minority. It's there from start to finish. Just read it for yourself. A professor named Caroline Lewis says it this way, the second Sunday should be about truth-telling. Otherwise, Advent will be sentimentalized, simply the frenzied weeks before Christmas that lead to a saccharine story about shepherds and sheep and an adorable baby in a manger but we all know the truth about cute little babies. They are hard work. And to be human means really hard stuff. This is the truth of Advent and Christmas about which we rarely hear or preach. It's hard stuff. Now what I'd really like to preach for you today is that saccharine story. The wreaths are up. The tree is trimmed and beautiful. The parties have begun. What I'd like to say to you is, why don't you just carve out a little time, you know, in the frenzy of the Christmas season. Worship a little bit. Pause a little bit to reflect on, you know, the meaning of the season. You know, that's what I ought to be saying today. You know, let's just pretend that all is well with the world. We're here together. That really is really is what I want to preach to you today. But that's not the truth. All is not right with this world. And if we really want Jesus to come, things are going to get worse before they get better. That's what his coming always does. You see, it takes an earthquake to raise up valleys and the lower mountains and earthquakes are frightening. It's just another biblical truth we have sentimentalized. We love to hear the tenor sing it in Handel's Messiah. Every valley, you know it. Every valley shall be exalted. It's beautiful to hear, isn't it? But have you ever heard what the tenor is actually singing? 
Every valley will be lifted up. What are those valleys? And where are the mountains that will be made low? The crooked places that will be made straight with the coming of Messiah are the twisted paths of injustice. And those mountains and valleys that will be leveled are the same rich and poor whose vantages are dramatically changed in God's kingdom. Do you hear it? Every valley will be raised and every mountain and hill will be made low. This is social justice at its most radical, lifting up the poor, welcoming the immigrant, making a place for those who are wandering in the wilderness of gender bias or sexual discrimination or racial injustice. And in the biblical vision of social justice, the raising of the valleys always coincides with the lowering of the mountains. God has brought down the powerful and lifted up the lowly. The troubling words of biblical prophecy have never rested easily. Never. Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe today we need to be discomforted before we can be comforted with that prophecy. I would rather listen to Handel's tenor sing the Messiah too. It's much easier that way. But the comfort Jesus brings is not intended for those of us who are already comfortable. Isaiah's prophecy was spoken to exiles, not to the privileged class. An Episcopal priest and writer named Tom Eric speaks to us the privileged class about this difficult preparation we are called to make. We must not give in to seasonal jolly, jollity, to the annual pretense that everything is fine and that what isn't fine can be made fine by shopping a little at Target. We must stand on the battlefield itself, the streets of Ferguson, Missouri, the hiring line the health clinic when battered women show up, a voting station when brown and black are turned away, and there on the battlefield to see the wounded. On this battlefield where many live daily, but which the privileged few cannot imagine from inside their distorted reality bubble, we must ask who we are. Did you hear what he just said about you? You live in a distorted reality bubble. Hard, hard words in an Advent season. It sounds like biblical prophecy to me. I would like to stay away from the protest of Ferguson and New York City today. You do not know how much I would like to stay away from them. But I cannot stand here before you today with any integrity as a Christian minister if I do not make the connection between the events in our nation and a 3,000-year-old prophecy about valleys and mountains, about these levels in societies that divide people, and in doing so, that hinder the coming of the kingdom of God. Jim Wallace of Sojourners writes, Ferguson 
has become a historically revealing moment about what has been true for decades across this country in the ways that young black men and women are treated profoundly differently than young white men and women. It's a truth everyone in the African-American community understands, but many white Americans are still mostly unaware of or in deep denial about. We can quote statistics. We can pontificate on crime and black problems in, uh, problems in the black community, but almost no one here today has any clue about what it means to live in the black community. I'm so glad to have I'm so glad to have these four African-American women here today. We need to be together every day. We need your presence, and we need to be with you, and you need to be with us. We have no idea about the hurdles to employment, about discrimination in education, about continuing racism and systemic violence in this country. We live in a bubble. Those sad realities lead a conservative white Southern Baptist preacher named Russell Moore to say this about Ferguson. It is empirically true that African American men are more likely by virtually every single measure to be arrested, sentenced, executed, or murdered than their white peers. We cannot shrug that off with apathy. Working toward justice this is a Southern Baptist preacher working toward justice in this arena will mean consciences that are sensitive to the problem. But how can we get there when white people do not face the same experiences as do black people? We must find ways to join our lives together. We must find ways to know each other know each other, to learn to trust each other, respect each other. The prophecy says, when every valley is exalted, when every mountain and hill is made low, when the crooked paths of injustice are made straight, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed to all people. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, then we will be comforted. But not until then. How are you preparing? How are you leveling the playing field? How are you smoothing out those rough places? How are you straightening the crooked paths of injustice that we live with every day? Are you really preparing for the coming of Christ? May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, 
encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.